When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Stage and screen veteran Patrick Page is playing King Lear at Shakespeare Theatre Company in Washington, D.C., now through April 16th. He joined me to discuss Shakespeare, his Tony-nominated turn in Broadway's Town, and his upcoming TV performances in HBO's The Gilded Age and Apple's Schmigadoon. Hey, Patrick Page, hey, thank you so much for joining us on WTOP in D.C., Thank you. Nice to be here. We actually spoke a couple years ago when you did um, the the Bard's Best Villains. What was it called? All the Devils Are Here, How Shakespeare Invented the yes. Villain. <laughs> um, just re- before we dive into King Lear, just follow up on that really quick. How much fun was that um, playing all of those famous Shakespeare baddies all in one all in one show? <laughs> uh, it, just extraordinary. And uh, we'll be bringing it back. So people who missed it when we filmed it will be able to see it. I'm looking forward to that. It's uh, been that show uh, was uh, a, a real delight for me because I got so many comments from people who said that they had uh, had some bad experiences with Shakespeare in the past or they had never understood or they thought that Shakespeare wasn't for them. And the show had uh, had changed their minds had had made them understand and love Shakespeare. And that's really my goal. Oh, well, yeah. Well, if you can, what do you say? If you win some converts in addition to the hardcore Shakespeare fans, that's when, you you know, you're really doing your job there. Um, all right. Well, we wanted to bring that up because obviously that dovetails perfectly into what we're about to talk about. Um, right now, you are starring in King Lear, the iconic show King Lear. Um, it is at Shakespeare Theater Company downtown um, now through April 16th in the Klein Theater. Um you, I mean, you're you're a Broadway legend. You can do pick and choose whatever shows you want. So, but why when when they call you and say, "Do you want do you want to play King Lear?" Uh, why, why is that just like such an easy call? Up, oh, looks like I'm going down to DC. <laughs> well, for a few reasons. Uh, one, Lear is uh, has been a real uh, uh, central play in my life. Uh, I think King Lear was the first play uh, when I was involved in a production in in college. Uh, I think it was when I first really understood the greatness of Shakespeare um, in a visceral way, reading the play and, and, and seeing the questions of the play, uh, how we relate to one another, how should we organize ourselves, what kind of government should we have, uh, who should be in charge, and, and finally, who are we really? Like Lear asked the question, who is it? that can tell me who I am. When you strip away the roles, when you strip away the role of king, when you strip away the role of father, if you strip away the role of radio host or husband or brother or sister, and you get right down to it, what's there? 
what's there who are we uh what's our nature um and it, I, I just remember thinking this is the most extraordinary play imaginable and i could spend my life exploring it so um i knew it would come back into my life at some point and uh the shakespeare theater company is from in my view the top presenter of classical theater in the united states um they have the right mission that to really explore these plays and uh, really make them vivid and alive uh, for a 21st century audience. And then it was one of the world's top classical directors asking me to do it. And for people who don't know, Simon Godwin, who is the artistic director of the Shakespeare Theatre Company, is <clears throat> one of the world's foremost classical directors. He is an associate director of the National Theatre of Great Britain, where he recently directed Much Ado About Nothing, Romeo and Juliet, which you may have seen on PBS, uh, in uh, an incredible production, uh, Antony and Cleopatra with Ray Fiennes, which I saw when I was in London a couple of years ago. He's a, a regular at the Royal Shakespeare Company, where his production of Hamlet was a runaway hit and toured uh, to the United States and around the world. Uh, and his production of Time and of Athens with Catherine Hunter. So this is really uh, an opportunity that I, I couldn't pass up to work with Simon, uh, this particular director, on this particular play. And then in Washington, D.C., this is a play about uh, power structures, about government, about how we organize ourselves and what's the best way to do that. The, the arguments that we're always having every day in the newspapers, on Twitter, on social media, how much should people have? How much should the government do? How little should the government do? These are the questions uh, that Shakespeare is raising in King Lear. So to do them in an audience, which I, for an audience, which I know will be filled with uh, Congress people and senators and Supreme Court judges and... Uh, and lobbyists and so on uh, it was just an opportunity that i couldn't pass up oh absolutely you just gave me you don't even know how much gold you just gave me <laughs> uh about the themes and and the proximity that you know how it ties into dc and then also some great stuff on simon godwin like there was like there's like three great answers in there um but actually before we get too far in um you know you and i know what king lear is about but just in case maybe there's some some maybe not shakespeare novices uh maybe they haven't read it in a while maybe they're in their car listening to this right now um remind them the basic premise of you know who King Lear is the basic setup of the play. Well, first of all, if you picture Stonehenge or things like that, um, you won't be picturing our production. This is a production that's set very much in our modern moment. Um, if you watch Succession on HBO, imagine it looking like that. Um, <laughs> if you're thinking of a, a, a lumbering, slow four-hour boring production of Shakespeare. Put that out of your mind. This is a propulsive filmic thriller that's under two and a half hours that goes by like that. People think it's over before it's even begun. Um, the basic plot of the play 
uh, is almost out of a fairy tale, um, which is that there's a king and he decides that he needs to retire uh, and he's going to hand the running of the of the state over to his three children. He's got three daughters. He doesn't have a son, so he's going to split it up between his three daughters and their husbands. And um, and he decides he's sort of rigged to the setup because he's got a favorite daughter and he thinks that uh, he'd like her to have uh, the most powerful, the richest section of the country. So he set up a, a kind of a con game and it, the daughters are going to have to say which one of them loves him the most. And uh, uh, he thinks that his younger daughter will win this contest easily, but his youngest daughter refuses to play. She refuses to flatter him. And so he flies off the handle and he ends up banishing uh, one of his most trusted advisors um, and banishing his daughter. And uh, and then the two daughters and their husbands, who he has divided the kingdom up against, begin infighting and begin stripping him of what remaining power he has until eventually he has nothing at all. He has uh, no family. He has no title. He's left out in a storm all on his own with just uh, his uh, uh, fool. And, um, and he goes mad. And in madness, he sees that uh, the way the society had been structured around him was, in fact, an insane way of, of structuring things. And... Um, and he finds some kind of uh, some kind of sanity through this madness, and I won't tell you everything else that happens, but um, it's it's one of the great stories ever told, and uh, consequently, many versions of it have been uh, spun out, and one of them is is Succession, which you'll now see on HBO, which is really based on King Lear. Oh, yes, I'm all caught up on that, waiting for the fourth and final season. Um, but I'm glad that you mentioned Succession because King Lear's, you know, it's it's been adapted in so many different forms, most recently Succession. But I mean, you'll find echoes in what what was that show? Empire um, in yes. Kur Kurosawa's film Ran. Um, that was totally King Lear. I mean, it's been it sort of echoes down through the generations and everyone sort of has their own King Lear, but I talk about um, uh, wh why do you think that is? Is it just sort of the, the family dynamic or, or why do you think it is? Why do you think it's so malleable to each generation? Well, I mean, partly it, it is what you're talking about. It, it is about generational conflict, uh, which we see everywhere now in our culture, right? You have an older generation that have run things a certain way and a younger generation saying, well, why do we do it that way? I don't think we should do it that way. Let's rewrite the rules. And the older people saying, well, we've kind of tried it the way that you're thinking about and it hasn't worked. And the younger people saying, no, you haven't. And so that tug of war of generations is very much uh, going on in King Lear. You, the, the marvelous character of Edmund, the bastard son of Gloucester, who, because he is from an illegitimate union, uh, because uh, his mother wasn't married to his father. He is not, he, he, the, the rules of the society are he's not going to inherit any of his father's wealth. And Edmund's asking the really fundamental question, which is, why is that? Why is that? I'm just as strong as my brother. I'm just as smart as my brother. Uh, why do I get nothing? And he allies himself with nature itself and says, I will use my natural gifts, my intelligence, my cunning, 
my physical capability and my ruthlessness to to take what has been unjustly kept from me. And uh, of course, you can feel how modern that is, even as I as I explain it to you now. So this is really a play about uh, what we deal with every single generation. But I think now more than ever, because of social media and because of young people being able to talk to themselves or rather each other in 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 such an immediate way and organize themselves, uh, I, I think these questions have been pushed even more to the forefront. So, um, yeah, it's the big questions. And finally, at the bottom of it, who are we? Who who are we really? When you when you take away the uh, all all the all the labels, when you take when when he's no longer king, who is Lear? When he's no longer a father, who is Lear? When he no longer identifies even as the man Lear, when his brain begins to deteriorate and he doesn't have the memory of who he was yesterday, who is he, right? These are the big questions that Shakespeare's wrestling with. Oh, so many big questions involved in this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And um, I like that. I want to go a little more into what you mentioned a second ago about how um, it it feels very present day. You said, it's you know, it. it propulsive it's moving forward all that stuff like attention wise but pace wise it's present day but what about visually why you know you said don't picture stonehenge what do, what are we seeing as a visual work you know backdrops costumes is it is it like contemporary clothing or, or what are we seeing yeah you'll see uh a, a, a very rich people mostly uh <laughs> in the in the 21st century so um you know these are questions that Simon Godwin, our our incredible director, wanted people to be asking themselves and to see that this is a play about us. So, um, uh, you know, clothing, for example, uh, context, the place where something is set and clothing can tell you so much of the story. And so often when people go to Shakespeare, they feel a little bit lost. They don't understand well, if you're watching something and it's in Elizabethan clothes or if it's in a kind of Stonehenge setting, you don't the clothes don't tell you much about who the people are. But let us say in the first scene of King Lear here and you see Gloucester played by the marvelous Craig Wallace. And he's a four star general uh, who you might see standing next to the president in in the Oval Office today. 
And we know immediately who he is. We know that he's a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So when he reacts in a certain way, we know who's reacting. Um, when you see the daughters dressed, you know, as uh, as as Ivanka Trump might dress or as uh, as as uh, Kim Kardashian might dress uh, uh, or as uh, any, you know, very famous, wealthy young woman might uh, dream of being dressed. We, we know who they are. We know the privilege that they come from. Uh, and each each piece of clothing tells you part of the story, brings you into it. Um, and, and similarly, each room that something's set in, when we see a beautiful living room that's been torn apart by Lear's uh, Hundred Nights, uh, well, we know, we, we, we understand that. We see that that was a, a, a beautiful high-end couch that's been trashed. Uh, we, we, when, when something, one, one terrifying scene in King Lear is set in the wine cellar uh, of one house. And that gives it this, it's really a, a context, which I won't give away to you right now, but which makes the scene all the more horrifying. Um, uh, when, when they are uh, looking for shelter out in the storm, what kind of shelter do you find out where they're, uh, we're told there's scarcely a bush around this house out there. So there are no uh, places to, to, to shelter. And what they find is the old wrecked fuselage of a plane. And so we know that this is a war-torn area uh, where this plane has gone down. And so all of these visual references allow us to enter into the play more fully. I love it. You painted a visual. I know we're a radio station, but you just totally painted a visual picture with your words. We could take a picture of that as you were describing it. Um, and also shout out Craig Wallace. You mentioned love that guy. Love him so much. He's Ebenezer yeah. Scrooge every every December here at Ford's. Theater. Yes. Um, yes. And Gloucester is one of the great roles that Shakespeare wrote in King Lear. There is an entire second plot. And that is the the plot, not just of Lear and his daughters, which I took, uh, I told you about, but of Gloucester and his sons. So Gloucester finds himself also in a generational conflict with his sons. I mentioned Edmund, his bastard son. He has another son, Edgar, and and Craig, of course, is their is their father. So to have an actor of that stature, that weight and ability in that role is uh, not is necessary. And we're and we're so fortunate to have have craig in that role oh yeah he's great he's great um well i have more than enough to work with on on king lear before we run i think my listeners would would kill me if i don't at least ask you one thing about hadestown you you played hades in the original cast of of hadestown um uh we spoke with the nice mitchell a few months ago about you know crafting it but in, in terms of you know as as a actual as a role for you know from a performance standpoint um what, what was so juicy about playing hades i mean that that's an all-timer ha <laughs> Well, uh, first of all, the, the piece is just absolutely beautiful. And I was involved with it from its first New York incarnation in 2016 through a number of productions. We did it then in Canada. We did it in London and finally on Broadway. And so to be with it uh, through that process and to, and to, build, to build the piece, uh, I think, was a, a wonderful experience for me. The role of Hades is 
a, a wonderful role. I'm, I, I look for in, in, in characters, you know, I look for the place where the character is broken. Um, I look for the, the hurt place. Um, and in, in Hades, it's, it's in his relationship with his wife that he, um, he loves Persephone so dearly. And this um, chasm has begun to open up between them and he'll really do anything to get her back. Uh, and then finally, uh, the fact that Aeneas wrote um, a bass role and very few uh, composers write for bass singers. So that was a delight for me. I love it. I love it. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I guess sort of final seconds, where, where else can we see you coming up? I guess you're shooting season two of the Gilded Age and season what two of Schmigadoon. You'll be in that too, right? Yeah, we, uh, uh, we, uh, the Gilded Age is now in post-production and it will air sometime later this year. We shot the whole second season, which I can't tell you too much about, except that it is great. <laughs> um, and I think you'll love what's happening with my character, Richard Clay, this year. And then uh, the second season of Schmigadoon, they go looking for the town of Schmigadoon. This is on Apple TV, uh, uh, Apple TV Plus, Gilded Ages on HBO. Um, and uh, the second season of Schmigadoon, my character is Octavius Kratt. The town they find this year is not Schmigadoon, it is the town of Schmicago. And Octavius Kratt is a very important man in the town of Chicago. And I think you will laugh your head off. As in Bob Fosse's Chicago? Are, are we doing yes. <laughs> yes, as in very Fosse, Candor and Ebb, all the great musicals of the 60s and 70s. I love it. I love that. And all that jazz. Um, well, that's fantastic. Um, so yeah, check out Patrick page on Apple TV Plus's uh, Schmigadoon. And of course the Gilded age on HBO season two will be coming out. Um, yeah, I guess that kind of brings us full circle. Cause you mentioned another HBO show succession, which is a lot like King Lear. And now we're back fully around, sir. <laughs> uh, I guess in closing, pretend I'm not even here tell directly to our listeners and say, Hey DC, come on out to see our version of King Lear. You know, you, you won't regret it. Hey DC, come on out to see our version of King Lear. If you've been scared off by Shakespeare in the past, I promise you. You'll have the time of your life and you'll understand what all the fuss is about. King Lear plays through April 16th at the Shakespeare Theatre Company. Thank you so much. Patrick Page on WTOB. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.